The Health Mastery Cafe is recorded live and produced by DMMD Studios in Atlanta. I was praying. I'm like, Lord, don't let my mother have to bury a child. Next on the Health Mastery Cafe. Some people still think that they'd rather get the virus than to get a vaccine. You think this stuff is way overblown, this coronavirus stuff. You think that you'll be fine if you happen to get coronavirus. Well, think again. In this series, I speak to everyday people who have had it and the people who are on the front line fight against it. Why you don't want COVID-19 from people who had it and the people who fight it. Find The Good Dr. Dave on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and subscribe on YouTube at The Good Dr. Dave. Everybody, I'm really excited to have Sandy on the show today. Sandy, my friend. Hi, Dr. How Dave. Are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited that you've spent some time with us tonight. Um, would you start us off by just giving us a quick, who is Sandy? Tell us who you are. Well, my name is Sandra Carruthers, and I am a native of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I own a call center here, um, so I um, hire independent contractors to work from home with my company. And I also um, do uh, golf tournaments as well. So I have a company that does that as well. So yeah. Lady and Caddy is my golf tournament company and SAS Global Solutions is my work from home company. SAS Global Solutions work from home company. Yes. You help those people kind of get out and still have a life, but still be able to kind of work and, and help people at Fortune 500 companies, large companies, small companies everywhere. Yep, Fortune 500 and 1000 companies. And the company actually took an extreme boom in 2020 because of the pandemic. Yes, People so were, timely. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. It was it was right on time. So a lot of people um, were interested in working from home, obvious for the obvious reasons. They didn't want to be around other people and expose themselves to the virus. So yeah. this was a way that they could, in, you know, earn income for their family and be safe at the same time. Yeah, an idea whose time has come. I mean, it was like right on time. That's great. Um, so, you know, I, I want to delve into this, Sandy, and I'm so glad that you agreed to do this, this, you know, it does take, you know, a bit of courage to do this. I want to tell your story about your COVID experience. Yes. Can you take us back to when you, you know, first thought to yourself, oh, <laughs> like, this is COVID. I know. Tell us about what that was like for you. Well, okay. So I was afraid of COVID just like everyone else. I was watching the news and I was like, oh my gosh, I think it was Seattle, Washington where it first hit the US. So I was glued to the television seeing where it was gonna spread to next. And so um, when it hit Georgia, I was petrified. But um, in that same vein, I still wanted to get out and socialize at yeah. the same time. And it was during a time where the mask were not, you know, a, a mandate and people weren't even thinking about wearing the mask. Right. Yeah. So, um, right around the, I guess the May, June timeframe, I started getting out a little bit, you know, 
Um, so this was after the shutdown, after we kind of, everybody got really scared and bought up all the toilet paper. Bought all the toilet paper and Lysol. And the Lysol. <laughs> so, you couldn't find Clorox to save your life. At, n nowhere. And the numbers started to come down, but then it opened back up again. This is when you're talking about. Yeah. So I said, you know, I, I thought to myself, you know, if I'm going to get out and socialize, let's do it in an open space, like maybe a patio or something like that where, you know, you're outdoors, you're not around a whole lot of people. Um, and I would do it in a, a, an environment where the, you know, the restaurant, for example, was very conscious about keeping people distant from each other. So I did that. So uh, a friend, a friend of mine and, and myself went to just a patio um, restaurant and we invited one other friend to come with us. And was this and this was the first time that you had been out in that situation since the yes. lockdown. OK, good. OK, it was the first time. And so we were like, OK, you know, that was not bad. So we did it again. And so same three people went and then we invited another person to come. So it was four of us at a table outside. And um, they were still social distancing at the other tables. Um, three out of the four people at the table got COVID. At the, at this, the second time you guys went, because the first one was great. Yes. Three out of the four sitting at your table. Yes. Got COVID-19. Two of us tested positive for COVID and the other one just said, you know, I contacted him and I was like, are you feeling ill? And he said, yeah, um, but he never got tested. He just said that the symptoms were COVID adjacent, but he never got tested. I got tested and my girlfriend got tested and we tested positive. Yeah. So you, you made the right estimation. I mean, if he had the symptoms, he had it, whether he wanted to go no or not. Uh, and, <laughs> and there's a lot of that, by the way. There are a lot of people who know that they have loss of taste and smell all at the same time and are not otherwise, you know, have a sinus infection or anything and it's COVID-19 and they're still going out. That's part of the problem. Exactly. And so we kind of thought maybe the waitress had it. Yes. And that's how we got it because we couldn't figure it out later on after my illness and after my friend's illness, we kind of started comparing notes and we, we thought maybe the waitress was the one who had it because we were careful. Now, Granted, we we did not have masks on sitting outside, right? Because we thought we were safe. You thought you were safe outside, yeah? Because that was kind of a general thing that you had been hearing in the news media, and yeah. from officials that you know outdoors is much better than being indoors. Exactly, right. exactly. And so um, I would say that I went to this patio event around uh, the end of June. So let's say June 27th. By July 5th, I started feeling, um, I started noticing the symptoms. Um, and in my head, I was like, oh, this is just a summer cold. I didn't want to admit that it was <laughs> COVID. But I started off with, honestly, I started off with um, a fever. I started feeling flush. And I went everywhere to find a thermometer and there were none in the stores. You couldn't find them. They were gone in March. They were gone. People were hoarding thermometers of all yeah. things, toilet paper and thermometers. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't know what you're going to do with all those thermometers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So 
I felt, I felt like I, I felt like I had, my body was hot. Yeah. And then I had an unbelievable headache that I could not get rid of. So you got that headache that everybody's talking about. I had that headache. Can you tell us what that's like? Because when, 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 when people who have not experienced this, Sandy, hear about the headache, they just think, oh, yeah, I've had a headache. Tell us why this is not something you want to play with. Yeah, it wasn't a normal headache. It was a um, it was a very sharp pain that just went from the top of my head down, and it wouldn't go away. Constant. So I it was constant. And so I ended up taking, I think, some Excedrin, some over-the-counter medicine, and I felt like it subsided. but it would come back. It just didn't leave. Yeah. Completely leave. So it, it came back. And so I, um, I had the fever, I had the headache and I was telling one of my, my friends, I was like, I'm not feeling well. And, you know, I'm starting to feel a little sluggish. It feels kind of like the flu. So maybe it's like a summer like a little summer flu yeah. and she freaked out. And so she said, I'm going to bring you an emergency kit. So she has children. So she brought me a thermometer, one that she had. She, oh, used. she had one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I was like, please tell me you haven't used this thermometer. Yeah. <laughs> Let's um, just sterilize it. I don't know. You got kids. I don't know where this thermometer yeah, I'm like, been. <laughs> I have no idea where this thermometer has been. Please make yeah. sure you Reassure yeah. me. You know, I don't think they do that anymore. I think that's just in 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 our era where the oh. thermometers went into places. So there oh, okay, then we'll go. I just didn't want it in my mouth, doctor. Right. But anyway, <laughs> right. The thermometer was all I was concerned with. So I took my temperature. It was 102. Wow. So then I started getting nervous. So I was like, okay. I immediately reached out to my um, general practitioner. And I said, hey, I'm, 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 these are the symptoms that I'm having right now. Um, what do I do? And so he said, don't come in. Right. We're, we're going to do I, I can tell you what you will not do. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do, but what you won't do is come in. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly how he, <laughs> yeah. he, he said, <laughs> we'll do a virtual meeting. And so we did that. And um, at, that, at, that, at that stage, because it was like a day or two before then, my throat started getting really really scratchy yeah. and it became like on fire it was on fire yeah. yeah and so by the time I had the the virtual appointment with him he was like okay you know um he said are you having trouble breathing and I said I don't think so so I started breathing deep I said I, I think I'm okay yeah so you didn't breathing. have any shortness of breath it was just these no. other terrible symptoms those other things that could be confused with the normal flu yeah. Right. Yeah. So I said, um, he said, well, what we're going to do is we're going to send you, we're going to um, order you some um, antibiotics. We're going to give you a steroid. I think he gave me prednisone and then something else. I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but he ordered those things for me to pick up. And he said, um, if it's um, bronchitis or anything that's forming, we'll stop it, you know, before it turns into pneumonia. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, my friend also dropped off one of those oximeters so you could mm -hmm. test your oxygen level. Yeah. And so I was checking my oxygen and it was, you know, 
I don't know what my oxygen should be. So I'm thinking. Yeah, well, okay. what was it? Do you remember what the number was? I'll tell you what it, it should be. It was like 90, it, it would teeter between 97 and 96. Okay. So that's not bad. When you start going below 95, we start wondering what's happening because a, a young, healthy woman should have above 95, you know, obviously close to 99 as you possibly can get. Yeah. That freaked you out. It ultimately got to that. But um, yeah, I was like, well, it didn't freak me out because I didn't know what your oxygen level should be. So okay. I was like, okay, so it's 96, you know, so I guess that that's sounds pretty good to you. Yeah. It sounds good to me. Yeah. Which and you're right. So, so anyway, I just started taking the medicine and um, it, it wasn't working. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This episode of the Health Mastery Cafe is brought to you by Prevent Clinic and by season two of The Good Doctor TV with Dr. Dave. Find The Good Doctor Dave on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and subscribe on YouTube at The Good Doctor Dave. So I would check my temperature. It was still high. Um, and I, this, this went on for days. I was, you know, I was like taking cold showers, trying to get the temperature down, anything to not go to the doctor, to the emergency room. So I was just taking that medicine. And all of a sudden I started feeling like I couldn't take deep breaths. Okay, so give us a timeline. It was about eight or nine days from the time you were at the restaurant to the time you started feeling the symptoms. How many days until you started getting this, what you're about to start describing to us? So I just remember around the 5th of July, I started feeling yeah. uh, feverish. So I, I can tell you, though, by the 10th of July, July I was yeah. in the emergency room. You went, you couldn't take it anymore. The, sh the breathing was the thing that drove you. What was the thing that drove you there? The thing that drove me was, um, I took my blood pressure and it was at 186 over 97 or something crazy yeah. like that. And you and don't so, have a blood pressure of 186. That's not your deal, right? No. This was new for you. This was new for me. Okay. So I went into the emergency room because of that. And when I went in, they said, oh, you have pneumonia in your left lung. And I said, well, I'm, I'm on medication for that. So well, how is that happening? They're like, look, you have pneumonia in your left lung. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so they, um, they said, your temperature is at 101. You have pneumonia in your left lung. And so they immediately tested me um, for COVID, which was the most excruciating test yeah talk about the headache from the whatever it was you didn't know what it was at that point i mean they have to jab that did they do both sides of your nose to my brain they to your brain that. they got little brain tissue <laughs> they, they shoved that thing to my brain dr dave i was like can you i mean i had to grab the lady's arm but anyway so they took the test and i was just feeling horrible just horrible and so um they got my blood pressure down um, and then they got the fever down. They gave me some medicine. I can't tell you what they gave me. The fever was down to like 99, 98-ish. And um, they said, go home. Yeah. And we'll tell you if you have COVID. So I went home. So let's stop right there because this story is, I mean, I'm on the edge of my seat, as you can see. 
but just let me go into the mind. What is going on in your brain as you were figuring all the stuff out? You're like, they were about to send me home. What's happening in your head? What's happening in my head is I have COVID. You knew it. Because I've never had these symptoms before in my life. And I've never had pneumonia. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm healthy. I eat organic foods. I am, I mean, I boil ginger for tea. Um, I'm not overweight. Yeah, you are. I, I can say because I know you, I've seen you. I mean, people can just go to your Instagram and see that you are literally the picture of health. So <laughs> this was so unusual yeah. for you. So yeah. unusual. And what was the thought in your mind? This is COVID-19. What was the next thought? Well, they put me in a room, a waiting room with other people that had some similar symptoms. Oh no. Like just yeah. a whole group of folks with COVID-19 symptoms? Yeah, it was like five people. So I guess that would be a group, but five people. And we were just discussing our symptoms and kind of comparing notes at that point. And each of them had something that sounded like it was COVID to you? Yep. They put you Absolutely. in a COVID room? Uh, yeah, it was a waiting room. So I, I call it a COVID room, but it was a waiting it room. It is a COVID room. <laughs> so they said, go home. Tell me what you felt as you were, you know, packing your stuff up, getting back in the car to go home. I was, I was nervous. Yeah. Because I actually asked, asked them, I said, I, I would like to be admitted. Can you admit me? You wanted to go in. I wanted to go in because. That's how bad you were. I felt bad. And then I've never had pneumonia. So I'm like, I, I don't know what pneumonia is I've never had it so yeah. I don't want my oxygen to drop that that started making me nervous so I my my attention to everything heightened so Dr. Dave within four days I was back at the emergency you school. came back I came back what brought you back in four days subscribe on YouTube at the good Dr. Dave the oxygen dropped I could tell from the the little oximeter the thing oximeter, my yeah. finger it started dropping and it had gotten down to like 92 at that point. It started happening fast. Mm -hmm. And so I would start taking these deep breaths and I could feel that I couldn't get as much air in as I once did four days prior. Yeah. Four days. Four just so, four days. Yeah. Four days. So I, I, went, I went back in. I, I drove myself to the emergency room. <laughs> I had all the windows down the car. And just so I could breathe as much air as I as I possibly could, and then I walked to the to the um, the desk. Yeah. And I said, I, I I can't breathe. I said I'm having trouble breathing. Right. Um, and I, I know I have pneumonia in my left lung, and I I can't breathe. And so the lady, she asked me to put my social security number. In. <laughs> right. She was like, put your information in, yeah. and then I said. I, can I get some oxygen? I, yeah, I right. Perfect. Forget about this number. Can I get some oxygen? Yes. Yeah. And so they brought oxygen around and they tested it. So my thing was actually at 92, but it was actually at 80. 80 what? Give me another number. Eight zero is no. what they said when I went into the hospital. It was at 80, eight zero. Oh, when it's at 80, you are not feeling good at all. Were you like turning colors and stuff? No, I wasn't turning colors. I just could barely 
talk. I could barely get the words out. Wow. You couldn't and even talk. No, I kept saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And my voice was at this level. I remember it. And I'm, I have a loud voice, you know, I'm, I'm soft for you right now, but I'm, I'm very boisterous. And so I kept saying, I, I just can't breathe. I can't breathe. Okay. By then I had pneumonia in both lungs. Okay. Uh-huh. It was at the lower part of the, the lower lung, lobes. Yep. The lower level. And, um, so th- they admitted me and my oxygen kept dropping. Wow. Despite the oxygen being on with the nasal, with the cannula that goes in your nose, they were dialing it up. It was still dropping. It was still dropping. It felt like, you know, as the days progressed while I was in the hospital, it felt like it was, I was being suffocated from the inside. From the, oh, wow. You know, so like I'm breathing deep now, like I could just go It would just be very low, very shallow breath, very shallow. Mm -hmm. And no matter how hard you tried, you couldn't get a deeper breath in. I could not get a deep breath. in. That has got to be, that's got to be horrifying. I, to not be able to breathe when you want to. Mm -mm. It was very, very, very scary. So they kept cranking up that oxygen to the point where, you know, my nostrils were dry and yeah. and bleeding, you know. Mm. So they said, okay. The point where I got discouraged was when the doctor came in and he said, We don't understand why you're not getting better. That's now were they giving you medicines and all that stuff at this time? They were giving you steroids and anybody did they give you antibody treatments? Did you get remdesivir? Did you get any of that stuff? So I asked for remdesivir and he said, um, my um, respiratory doctor said that you're outside of the window for that particular drug. So um, they said, we'll give you plasma. Okay. Okay. So convalescent plasma is plasma that's been extracted from somebody who had COVID before and you have all these antibodies and hopefully those antibodies attack your COVID-19. Okay. But at this point, I can't even roll over in the bed, Dr. Why? With, without my oxygen dropping. Wow. My ox- like if I adjust myself in the bed, I could look at the monitor and see the oxygen would drop. That's when the other doctor came in and, and you know, after a day or so, and he goes, you're, you're not getting better. And we don't understand why you're not getting better. You've already gotten the plasma, you know, we're giving you steroids, all this stuff. So they ended up saying, we need to send you to ICU. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Find the good Dr. Dave on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and subscribe on YouTube at the good Dr. Dave. I actually called my attorney and said, I need you to, to write up an emergency will. Wow. Because I don't know what's, I don't know. The doctor said I'm not getting any better. So I don't know what is happening. I don't not know only not getting any better, you are worsening. They don't send you to the ICU unless you are worsening. Right. And that is horrifying. Just the call itself made, kind of gives us the picture of the imaging, the imagery 
you must have been dealing with and and to the point where you don't even want a distraction from a television or a phone call from somebody or an email or a tweet or an Instagram or a Snapchat or anything you wanted to contemplate. What were you contemplating? What were you thinking? I was thinking, honestly, I was like, I was praying. I'm like, Lord, don't let my mother have to bury a child. That's what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. That was my biggest concern, to be honest with you. I was like, I just, I don't want her to have to experience that. Wow. So I would say anybody who's going in, you're, you're by yourself. So you need to have an advocate on the outside that's, you know, checking with the doctors, checking with the nurses, right. because everybody, you know, I'm very outspoken and I couldn't get words out. So she had to, in essence, talk for me. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and people don't know, and, and sorry to interrupt, but people don't know that with COVID-19, there are so many restrictions that life is not only not the same outside the hospital, but inside the hospital. You literally have nobody in a room with you except for the, the medical staff. That's it. So if something goes down and you can't communicate, it just doesn't get communicated. That's not clear to me. I finally get to ICU. The the nurses would come in and they look like Darth Vader. Like they had. Uh, Yes. With all of the mask and everything. Yes. The gear was unbelievable. I mean, they had masks and things that were stretching their skin back and goggles and, 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 you know, hazmat suits and all the stuff on. (laughs) So when I woke up, I just see this face against the glass that I'm in. And she's like, are you breathing? This is what they said. I was like, yes, you scared the heck out of me, but yes, I'm breathing. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I started, once I got to ICU, things started changing. Yeah. You know, um, I, I could see my numbers. They were getting a lot better. My blood pressure was normalizing my um, oxygen and things started turning around. Wow. How long did you spend in the ICU before you got out? Because they take you from the ICU back to the floor and from the floor you go home. How many days in the ICU total? Four. Four total days. Mm -hmm. Then you went back to the floor. Yes. How long did you spend total in the hospital before they discharge you home? Twelve. Twelve days for a healthy like super healthy, takes care of herself, young woman from nearly quite serious. I mean, I mean, they were about to start escalating the, um, the kind of oxygen. You were going to go from a cannula to a mask to the tube. And that's what happens to many people. Their yeah. immune systems take them all the way to the point where no matter what kind of oxygen you put on, it's not working and they have to be intubated and put on a ventilator. So you dodged that bullet. I did. When you were leaving, give me, give us a sense of what you were thinking when you were walking out of that door. Honestly, I, I felt like I was in there for 30 days. It felt, it felt longer than 12 days. Yeah. And so I, I honestly felt like I wanted to escape. I wanted to get out of there so bad. I could not get up and go to the side commode yeah I could not do that I couldn't do that on my own I could not do that so they had to help me do everything because the minute I would get up the oxygen would drop drop and I don't care even when I came out of ICU it was still still drop it was still drop so um so the day that I could go you know take a shower 
that's when I realized I'm, I'm not ready to leave the hospital because when the door shut on the, sh- on the shower and that steam came in, mm. I, I completely. Yes. You kind of panicked almost. Yeah. Panic, lost my breath. And I had to pull the little red cord and people came running in and got me out of there. Wait, and- so, so it was that to me, you couldn't get yourself out of there. You had to pull the emergency cord. Mm-hmm. Because the oxygen the 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 steam from the shower was taking all of my oxygen yeah and the door the door had closed to the to the to the bathroom so i was like you know there was nothing coming in oh no 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 air so i had to get help and so they they got me out of there and they're like okay we can't discharge you we got to wait for a little while longer and then um then rehab came in they helped me out one day and then after that um they discharged me. And so they sent me home with three units of oxygen, I think. So you, um, they, you, they sent you home with an oxygen tank and three, three liters. So you were on three liters. liters. Mm-hmm. How long did you have to use the three liters? For 30 days. One month. Yep. After about a, a couple of weeks of me doing that, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm actually feeling okay. So yeah. let me right. take this off. I did. Yeah bad mix bad bad idea so i go downstairs without that oxygen and could barely get back up the stairs and you're there alone i'm there alone horrifying yep so um so i I kept it on (laughs) that was a lesson well learned like i will not be doing that again this is a few weeks into into being home it was two weeks into being home because i thought you know Two weeks should be enough time, you know? I was still coughing though. I had the dry cough. I had the dry cough the entire month of August. That was the last to go. Yeah. Were you still having the headache and, and any of the other stuff when you got home or was that no. all gone? That was all gone. And Did your appetite ever go away when you were in the hospital or? Yeah, I didn't eat for the first four days. I ate nothing. I had no appetite. And um, so I lost a significant amount of, weight. How much weight did you lose? I think about 15 pounds in that in that window. 15 pounds. It was rapid. And and so people don't know this, but I mean, you don't have I mean, like you're a normal size fit woman to yeah. lose 15 pounds, you were probably losing some protein, some some muscle. Yeah, you could I took a picture of just my leg. And you could see the bone in my in, shin in your shin bone. Yeah. Yeah, it was popping up through the skin. And and then I, you know, a month later I took another picture and you could see the the, the stark difference. Like wow. my skin tone was very pale. Sure. The, the color came back obviously a month later, but yeah, I lost a lot of weight. And I'm like 5'2". I'm not going to tell you my weight, but you know. Yeah. Normal I, weight. I, I could tell people you're normal weight. Yeah. <laughs> I lost some crazy weight and it was just it was scary. You know, because I just had never been in that position. But after that 30 days at home, um, I, I felt I felt better. I felt like I could, you know, walk and, and be off the machine for a while. And oddly enough, Dr. Dave, my mother contracted COVID right at the end of October. So I I drove to my my hometown to take care of my mom because I'm like, well, I should have the antibodies. You're right? yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that is scary because you don't want mom to have the course that you had. She she didn't have 
she didn't have it as rough as I did. Okay. Did she have to go to the hospital at all? She did. Okay. She went to the hospital and stayed in the hospital for four days, but she's 80 years old. So they didn't want to take a chance. So, so I, I, I think that's a really, really good point. And, and let's hit that just for a second, because there are a lot of takeaways. I'm so thankful that you're sharing all of this because I, I still think that there are millions, literally millions of, of human beings in this country, forget about everywhere else, that still don't understand it to this degree. You are young with no pre-existing conditions and you were in the ICU about to you know, get some escalation on your, on your oxygen. You spent 12 days in a hospital, four days in an ICU. Your mother, who is 80 years old with whatever comes with that, mm -hmm. but just 80, spent four days in the hospital. Mm -hmm. How's mom doing now? She's great. She's doing great. She's great. You can't make heads or tails out of this thing, Sandy. We used to, back last year, we were saying all this stuff about what we know. Oh, you know, only the people who are this, that, and the other. No, wrong, right? Wrong, wrong. wrong. It's very unpredictable, Dr. Dave, and it works extremely fast. Like, I mean, from days to me thinking that I had a summer flu to me being in the ER, it, it happened so quickly and you cannot stop that. Somebody even said to me, they were like, oh, you, you waited too late. I'm like, I waited too late to do what? I mean, I went, I called my doctor. He said, he gave me medicine. You know, my, my niece got COVID and that's all she, she, that's all she got was prednisone and an antibiotic and she was fine. It just did not work for me. It right. didn't happen that way. And right. so I'm like, I, I, I don't know what else to say. My body was just not fighting it. Well, well, that's so it, it's the other way around. So I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to say two things. One, your body was fighting it. Oh. And what we're learning is that part of what uh, COVID patients are experiencing is not the virus per se, it's your immune system's response to it. So all that fluid that you were developing, that was mm. your body trying to fight it and all of the fallout that comes from your immune system, okay? Oh, okay. okay? That somebody told you, point number two, that you waited too long is, is, the, is the underscore of how we don't understand the virus. That person is thinking that they are okay because if they take these four steps, they're <laughs> gonna be fine if they get COVID-19. The virus doesn't care what you think you know or how much you think you've read because nobody knows, mm -hmm. right? It was not your fault. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. Your body just played a game. There are some young people who will never, to your point earlier, you never wanted your mom to bury a child. There are some people who, a lot of people who have buried their children over this, young people. Yeah, young. Young. yeah. I agree, very young. Here's the other piece that we got wrong. Oh, we, as in the medical community dealing with this, not, okay. not you, you know, <laughs> us. And that was, if you go outdoors, you should be safe. What's your answer to that now? What do you say to the go outdoors? You should be safe thing. No, that that's absolutely wrong. Um, you, you have to mask up, double mask up now from my, in my opinion. Um, when you go anywhere, do not 
allow yourself to be close to anyone without a mask on. It doesn't matter if you're outside or not. You know, I have a friend that loves to play golf and he was like, golf is the only sport that has been COVID proof. And he got COVID, <laughs> he ended up oh. getting COVID, but wow. he got it, he got it playing golf with his brother. But the fact of the matter is nothing is COVID proof. What a, what a great story. I mean, it's like, it is not, it will swim in the air. And if you walk past the air, it's going in your, in your nose, your eyes, or your mouth. That's he it. got it from playing golf. He got it from playing, playing golf. Yeah, he, wow. he sure did. And he just thought I'm outside like me, I'm outside. We're not even riding in the same carts with each other. Yeah. You know? and We're still, walking. Yes. No. Um, there are a lot of things we take for granted as we sort of, you know, kind of wrap up here. There were a lot of things that we take for granted. Um, did you, did it ever come across your mind? Like, you know what? I'm never, ever taking this, whatever it is for granted again. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I have, I went and got a gratitude, a gratitude journal after that, just so I can just, you know, be appreciative of every day. You know, I just, you know, you never know when it's your last day. And this thing was moving so fast in my body and my brain couldn't catch up to what was happening. So, that, I mean, hence the reason why I would get an emergency will. You know, I, of course, I mean, I'm, I'm constantly appreciating everything at this point. And I want to tell you something that I didn't get, get a chance to really explain to is the aftermath what I've experienced after COVID. Yeah, tell us about the aftermath. What, what have you experienced after it? Yeah. The aftermath has been very interesting, which my memory is not as sharp as it was. I will, con I will say a word or say a sentence and I will second guess what I'm gonna say next. And that's never been an issue. No, before. I know you, no, it has not. No. Okay. The other thing was, I don't know if it was the steroids or COVID or what, but gobs and gobs of hair started coming out. Like I had you coming out from, hair. from the root. It was lots and lots and lots of hair that was coming out. My hair was super long and then I had to cut it off because it was starting to shed so bad, Dr. Dave. It was, it was really bad. And that became depressing. I was like, what, what's happening yeah. to me after this virus? So one night I felt like I was almost having some kind of either anxiety attack or, or my heart was racing fast. And so I ended up going back to the emergency room months after I had come back from taking care of my mother because I was fearful that I'm like, did I develop a blood clot? Is that happening after this? Or did I, is my heart okay after this? Are my lungs okay after this? So I think my, my, my paranoia got the better of me. So I said, just let me go into the hospital and let them check everything. So they did a CT scan. They did blood clot scans of my leg. They checked, they did an echocardiogram. Yeah. They did. They checked my lungs, everything. I'm like, I just need you to check me from, guess what? The rooted to the wet, doctor. That's right. Did it, hey, say it. You can say it, rooted to the wet. Absolutely. I like, just check everything. Yeah. And so it turned out that there was nothing else going on, thank right. God. 
Right. I'm like, why is my hair falling out like like it is? I just didn't understand it. And one of my other doctors said, you know, it's it was likely the steroids that they gave you because it was very very strong. But you know, I don't I don't know. I, I I still don't know. And 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 again, one of my friends that I'm going to introduce you to is one of the long haulers. So he's still still trying to get over it from July of 2020. Still now. Yep. Still now. Yeah. He's still not back to work. He is having, he's extremely drained. He can't, you know, his breathing is still shallow sometimes and he still has a cough, believe it or not. Yeah. No, I do believe it. I see it. I see it every week. I've got long, long haulers. I have people who had a little bit of symptoms at first, a gap, and then now are having heart symptoms, literally. See. Really high blood pressure, chest pain, shortness of breath. Didn't have it with the COVID-19. Young man today, just today, oh, you know, I just had a loss of taste and smell. Three months later, he's coming to me for a shortness of breath, chest pain. This guy's he's young, 34 years old. Um, you don't know this virus. That's the message. Um, Sandy, I really thank you for sharing this. This is going to be so helpful to so many people. Um, and I really, really thank you for your time. Blessings You're to you. You're so welcome, Dr. Dave. Anything for you. This episode of the Health Mastery Cafe is brought to you by Prevent Clinic and by Season 2 of The Good Doctor TV with Dr. Dave. Find The Good Dr. Dave on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And subscribe on YouTube at The Good Dr. Dave.